Good evening, New Earth Church family. It is a blessing to be with you all again tonight. Tonight, we're going to continue our series on doubt. Uh, many weeks ago, when we brought to you the series on faith, we thought it would be a good idea to sort of give you the opposite of that, um, to explore the challenges that we all face as children of God with doubt, um, the seeds of it, you know, how to conquer it, that kind of thing. So I hope that you have been encouraged so far, that your faith has been strengthened through what has been presented to you, and I hope that I can add to that tonight. So let's pray, and then I will jump into the message. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness toward us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy, God, for your long-suffering and your kindness to us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be with us tonight. Anoint our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus. Let us receive your word with gladness, God. Let it be uh, instruction to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Let us be strengthened and encouraged, O oh God, as your people. We worship you this night, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be in our midst this night, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, during this quarantine season, I had begun to read the book of Jeremiah. So I thought it'd be a great idea to bring to you some lessons from Jeremiah's life. Trust me when I say some lessons. There are so many lessons to learn from Jeremiah in his ministry that you could literally preach and teach for years just from the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is not what we would consider a minor prophet. He is a major prophet. In fact, the book of Jeremiah um, is 42 chapters long. Uh, Jeremiah is also accredited with, re with writing Lamentations and um, uh, and Kings. And so Jeremiah is a big dog, if you will. Now I'm just joking because again, we know that this talks about the, the size of his books, when we, of the books, minor and major. Uh, not the not the prophet. Um, but anyway, so just give you that up front. I'm not going to walk you through the entire book of Jeremiah, but I'm going to give you some excerpts from his life um, that speak to this topic of faith that we are dealing with tonight. So I'm going to start reading from Jeremiah 1, just to kind of set things up and, and, and get started here. So Jeremiah 1 says, These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's message continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. And verse 4 says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must plant. I'm sorry, you must build up and plant. And so here is what I'm calling doubt number one. Jeremiah's response to God when God called him was that he was too young. Now, I started youth ministry when I was 30 years old, so that's 
20 years ago. And if I have said this statement uh, once, and I've said it a thousand times in, that, in teaching youth, I've often told young people not to wait to serve the kingdom of God, that God wants young people to serve the kingdom right as they are. You're not, you don't wait till you're an old person. Don't wait till you've um, you know, sold all your wild oaks and then decide to serve God, but serve God from your youth. These are what Solomon said. And so here we see an example of, of a young man who doubted his ability to serve God. He doubted his readiness to serve God because he was young. If you're a young person out there and you're saying, not God, you can't be talking to me. Perhaps God has called you. Perhaps you have been um, compelled to serve in some particular area and you're doubting your readiness because of your age. Well, here you'll find um, a partner in doubt, which is Jeremiah. And again, he suffered with that same thing. And God says, no, no, no. I know exactly how old you are. In fact, he told Jeremiah that he knew him from before he was in his mother's womb. And that his, uh, he had a plan from Jeremiah from that very time. So I encourage you tonight, don't let the doubt of your age and your readiness stop you from serving the kingdom of God. So Jeremiah submitted to God in spite of his doubts and he went forth. And he preached uh, to the ever unfaithful people of Israel and the surrounding nations. And they, and they all repented, right? And they all turned to God and they, they live happy ever after. Not. I am floored by Jeremiah's ministry. And again, I can't tell you all about it tonight, but that wasn't the case. He did obey God. He did go forth and preach and he did whatever God told him to do. But throughout all that I've read so far, and I'm not quite all the way through the book of Jeremiah, but I did some research on it. And from what I can find, not a soul was saved. Jeremiah served throughout the reign of five kings, about 39 to 40 years from what I can tell. And not a soul was saved. So talk about faithful. In fact, if you go read, uh, the, from our perspective, Jeremiah's ministry was so bad. Right. And, and the experience he had was so bad with appealing to the people and having no response and seeing tragedy after tragedy happen that that Jeremiah wept many times. In fact, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Uh, the effectiveness of his ministry was so bleak that in Jeremiah chapter seven, God said to him, I'm picking up at verse 16. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them and don't beg me to help them for I will not listen to you. Tell them all this, but do not expect them to listen. Shout out your warnings, but do not expect them to respond. Say to them, this is the nation whose people will not obey the Lord their God and who refuse to be taught. Truth has vanished from among them. It is no longer heard on their lips. Shave your heads in mourning and weep along, alone on the mountains. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation and has provoked his fury. Oh my, how would you like that for a ministry? Go, Jeremiah, preach and teach. Right? Tell the people about the things that are going to come, but don't expect them to listen. How's that for a vote of confidence? So here I'm going to introduce what I'm calling doubt number two. Maybe I heard the call wrong. You ever felt like God called you to do something and uh, you went about to obey and the results weren't what you expected? And the because those results weren't what you expected, you began to doubt that God really called you to do that. 
And so here's Jeremiah probably saying to himself, I'm, I'm preaching and teaching and I'm telling people whatever you command me to tell them, but no one is listening. People are dying in their sins and I've planted and I've planted and I've surely I have watered somewhere along the lines, but where's the increase, right? That is the heartbeat of, of ministers. That is the heartbeat of the people of God who want to be witnesses to the world. We want, we want the increase. So Jeremiah is being faithful. He's doing exactly what God called him to do. And there is no increase that he can see. I'm sure he said to God, why aren't you backing up my ministry? Maybe, maybe you called me to be an undertaker and not a, not a prophet with all this death. And so Jeremiah, I'm sure, doubted that he heard the call right. In Jeremiah 8, picking up at verse 18, Jeremiah says, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Listen to the weeping of my people. It can be heard all across the land. Has the Lord abandoned Jerusalem? The people ask, is her king no longer there? Verse 21 says, I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. Is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? This is Jeremiah. Okay, these are doubts he is voicing. What is going on here? You know, the, the, I'm preaching and I'm, I'm reaching for these people and I'm doing, but they're, things seem to be getting worse. People are dying and people are sick. And, and if God is in this place, why is this happening? So here's what I'm introducing is doubt number three. Jeremiah wonders if God is really at work in the lives of his people. Does he even care? Lord, please, people are sick. Where is your healing? Here's what, that's what he's saying when he says, is there no uh, medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician? So, so Jeremiah is getting weary in this point. This is probably years into his ministry by now. And he's seeing no results. And, and you know, if you ever work with people for a while, it can become overwhelming uh, when, you, when you don't see results when you love people and you, you want the best for their lives and you're preaching and teaching and nobody responds to that. And, 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 and I'm sure there was a season in Jeremiah's ministry where he going, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the people. Maybe it's God. It's hard for us to fathom how hard-hearted human beings can be. Human beings are facing all kind of of tragic situations and yet they still won't turn to God. And, and somewhere along it sounds like here that Jeremiah is questioning, God, are you really in this? Is this really you? May, may, or maybe it's you. Maybe it's not these crazy people. Maybe it's you. Now I know we don't like to accuse God. We don't like to say things out about God, but we've all had those moments where we can't understand what exactly is going on and we can begin to doubt who's really the problem here. And so here, uh, Jeremiah is having that moment where he's just saying, this is crazy. God, where are you in all this? It's easy to get bewildered when we don't see results. Jeremiah includes other examples of this, as well as what I'm calling doubt number four. Is the life I'm living really blessed? Because it sure looked like the wicked are prospering and having a great time. God, I don't understand your justice. I don't know. Now, I've also heard this from young people. In fact, I've heard this from seasoned people. Seasoned as in people who have been around a long time and seasoned as in mature people, adults. When we look at the world and it looks like uh, their life is so blessed. And as Christians, 
uh, we suffer. We do suffer persecutions, and we and we suffer um, hardships, and we and things that we don't understand that we think that as people of God we shouldn't have to go through. And so here in Jeremiah twelve, Jeremiah says, "Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you this complaint." Oh, Jeremiah's having a moment. He's gonna bring God a complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? You have planted them and they have taken root and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. You see me and test my thoughts. Drag these people away like sheep to be butchered. Set them aside to be slaughtered. How long must this land mourn? Even the grass in the field has withered and the wild animals and the birds have disappeared because of the evil in this land. For the people, you said, the Lord doesn't see. Let me go back and say that again. For the people have said, the Lord doesn't see what's ahead for us. So, so Jeremiah is looking at this world. That's a dangerous thing to do. If you want doubt to overtake you, that's a sure way to have it do that. It's just all looking around at this world. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. You have to continue to stay faithful to what God said, despite the way things look. So in the final doubt that I will bring to you today, doubt number five, am I living God's will? You know, Jeremiah is, 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 is comparing his life, you know, what we call blessed. When we say that we're blessed, we mean all these positive things, right? We mean that we are, we're prosperous. And we're, we're well, we're healthy. Um, you know, uh, everything is, you know, good in our lives. That's what we call blessed. But that's not always what looks blessed. In fact, if you, if you base your understanding on facts, yes, the world looks like they're having a great time. But my mama had this saying, all faces that are smiling are not happy. Right? And even if they are having a good time, that's a good time for now. For there truly will be a day of reckoning. And we're not desiring that for anybody. I'm just talking about how things, things that look one way aren't necessarily that way. And so as people of God, you got to stay, you have to stay uh, true to the facts. So, yes, there are times in our lives where we don't look blessed. But you, if you are faithful and obedient to God, you are blessed, regardless of how things look. And so, yeah, Jeremiah is going around and he's saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm sowing all this love. When you bring people truth. So that they can turn around and, and serve God. You're bringing them love. You know, why am I receiving all this hate in return? Why don't people like me? Is this, the, is this what love looks like? And I said that to say in Jeremiah 11, verse 18, Jeremiah says to the Lord, Then the Lord told me about the plots. I'm sorry, the Lord said to Jeremiah. Told Jeremiah about the plots that his enemies were making against him. I was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. I had no idea that they were planning to kill me. Let's destroy this man and all his words, they said. Let's cut him down so his name will be forgotten forever. So here Jeremiah is doing the Lord's will and people are plotting against him. He's bringing them good news. They don't see it as that because whenever you tell somebody who doesn't want to turn around uh, what's right, people want to reject you. People, people don't want to hear that when that's their position. And so these people are plotting to kill Jeremiah and Jeremiah is like, what? I'm trying to help you and you're trying to kill me? Okay, talk about doubt, right? 
In Jeremiah 15, starting with verse 10, he's, Jeremiah says, Then I said, What sorrow is mine? My mother, oh, that I had died at birth. I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender who threatens to foreclose nor a borrower who refuses to pay, yet they all curse me. Drop down to verse 15. He says, Then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give, uh, give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name. O oh Lord God of heaven's armies, I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a season, seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. But this is what the Lord said to Jeremiah. If you turn to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. Jeremiah's moment of doubt has him kind of sideways. He, he's second guessing some things here. That's why God made that statement. If you return to me, what does that mean? Think about that. Was he contemplating giving up? We can do that too. Our doubts will take you to a dangerous place sometimes. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesperson. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. That's one of those results of doubt. When you start doubting, then you start letting the word, the world infiltrate your life instead of your life infiltrating the world. Doubt can take us out. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I, the Lord, am with you to protect and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. Jeremiah had quite a ministry. And I just really, I've given you pieces of Jeremiah from 1 to chapter 12. There are 43 chapters in all. So again, I say to you, I've just given you the tip of the iceberg. Jeremiah's ministry spanned the reign of five kings from Josiah to Zedekiah in all about 40 years. He didn't see a soul saved. He suffered great personal hardship. He was called a liar by his own people. He saw the destruction of the temple and the people of Israel taken to exile uh, into Babylon at the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar. Last we hear of Jeremiah in chapter 42 and 43, uh, Jeremiah was left behind when the people were exiled into, to, um, into Babylon. Jeremiah and his uh, scribe Baruch and some other people were left behind. And in chapter 43, uh, the military leaders refused to listen to Jeremiah when Jeremiah prayed for them and told them and came back with a response that they should not go into Egypt. So they're left here in this kind of desolate land now and they're thinking they can go and find safety in Egypt. And Jeremiah prophesies to them and says, no, don't go into Egypt. That God promised that if we stay here in Judah, that he would protect us. But they didn't listen. And so the leaders not only took the people to Egypt, but also Jeremiah and his scribe Baruch. Later, we know that the Babylonians also conquered Egypt. And so they suffered great hardship there as well. And so I don't see a bright spot in Jeremiah's life. 
Uh, it seems that Jeremiah, he just simply couldn't catch a break. Yet, he is regarded by the Hebrews as the second greatest prophet. In his obedience to God, he preached justice, judgment, grace, and hope. Jeremiah obeyed in spite of how things looked. Things look very bleak in Jeremiah's ministry. And like him, we cannot let doubts plague our lives and stop us from responding to God. The outcome is not our responsibility. If you have to see outcome, your doubts will overtake you. Outcome is God's responsibility. But we must follow the leading of the Lord, just like Jeremiah did. What fruit did Jeremiah have for his ministry? He had the fruit of obedience. He had the approval of God. Not a soul, not a church, if you will. Not anything that we would look at and say, God truly called Jeremiah. But Jeremiah pleased God because he obeyed God. So I'll leave you with this one scripture, which is my favorite, one of my favorites anyway, from the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Let's not spoil God's plan for our lives by letting doubt overtake us. God bless you. I hope to see you soon. In Jesus' name, amen.